0: I'm here at Casual Connect in Seattle. And with me today's a special guest. How about you introduce yourself?
1: Sure. My name is Jeff Vogel. I'm the president of SpiderWeb Software. Um, SpiderWebSoftware.com. We um, founded in 1994. We write fantasy role-playing games for Macintosh and Windows, or so a small indie shop. Um, our better-known series are like the Avernum series and the Gene Forge series.
0: So you you still have downloadable games that people download and they install and they play?
1: Yep. We've um, we've been doing it for a really long time, and we just have a very old-school model. We Every year we write a game and we release a demo and then and then people, if they like the game, can buy the whole thing.
0: Awesome. And do you have an online forum community or anything else like that? Or it- a, a passionate online community. And about a decade ago, we started a
1: forum and it just, it turned into its own community with its own, you know, with its own traditions and customs and in-jokes, which just exists completely aside from the game. It's, it, you know, it's amazing how that sort of thing can appear and I'm really proud of it. I think it's really cool.
0: And Do you interact with it on a daily basis or how does that work?
1: I don't interact with it as much as I should um, because I'm so busy, it's a huge drain just writing games, but I always try to occasionally stop in and give people the first information about what our new role-playing game is going to be like.
0: So you release one RPG a year, can you talk about the development process behind it and um, since it's cross-platform, what technologies do you use?
1: Well, the, uh, after a long time, we, we get set in our ways. We have our, you know, we have our own rituals, but every game starts with just a lot of thinking. You know, you go just off into the wilderness with paper and pencil, and you just write down ideas and change them and rewrite them and boil it down into a story. And then once you have that, you crystallize it. How many dungeons will it have? What is the objectives? And then you just you sit down and you rework the engine, and then you just day by day grind out the sections until you have a game, and then you release it. Well, we. That's what
0: we do. And do you use like RPG Maker or something else like that, or is that straight up C
1: plus plus? It's all of our all of our own engines, all of our own libraries. It's very low tech, simple. Runs on old machines, old school technology. Um, all in C plus plus. All libraries built by us, and um, which enables us to make new products very
0: quickly. And what what inspired you to make these RPGs in the first place? And um, yeah, how did you go about promoting it at first? I just personally have a
1: lifelong fascination with role-playing games pretty much from starting Dungeons and Dragons in the fourth grade and it's just what I have a knack for I love creating the stories and giving people a world to explore in and figure out how they want to affect it and and to affect it it's a it's just it's a personal a personal
0: obsession so you had this obsession um how does it convert that into you actually making a game um how long did that first game take? Well, my first game was um, sort of a
1: survival mechanism to survive grad school. After two years of grad school, I had to do something else where I'd go crazy, so I spent six months just taking it off and writing a game. And the first one was really agonizing, because I had to learn to code a Macintosh and learn how to write the code. Um, But it, it took about eight months, and it was very simple, and I released it just on a lark, and nobody was more surprised than me that people bought it.
0: Uh, Wait, where did you release it? On the
1: internet, or was it... uh, This was actually in 1995, so it was before the World Wide Web was something that people had even heard of. So we sold most of our copies over AOL, believe it or not, and a system called CompuServe that doesn't exist anymore. It was only like two years later that we started selling stuff over the web in any amount.
0: So you released this, you... Did you even have built-in acceptance of sales, or how did that even work?
1: Um, it, had a, it had a strange, stupid registration system, different than anyone else uses, that we still use, although we're moving away from it. I'm not proud to say. But where, um, where you know, they basically they paid for us. They pay us, and we generate a key for them that they put in. It turns the demo into the full game. So it was a classic model of what the old-timers
0: call shareware. Sure. So, you get people buying this. What what are you feeling at that point? What are your thoughts? Um, complete and utter
1: stunned astonishment that anyone would actually pay money for my games. But once, the, once I recovered from the surprise, within two months I'd quit grad school and decided to do it first time because role-playing games were my obsession. And so the chance to make that was not something I'd walk away from.
0: Okay, so you start trying to do this full-time, um, what are the challenges when you first do that? What were some of the concerns you had? Because, you know, this is, this is something that was surprising in the first place. Uh, well, there, there is a terror of losing your house
1: that never goes away. There's, you know, people ask me how can you keep doing it? How can you keep working day in and day out by yourself? And what I would say to that is, fear of losing your home does wonders to focus the mind. Um, but, you know, and there's just the fear and the, and the grind of doing it day after day. But after a while, it's just, you know, it's, it's my job. I go, I get up in the morning, I have breakfast, I get dressed, I go downstairs, and I place dragons. And I write dialogue, and I put orcs in a dungeon. It's, it, and there's a routine, and, I, and, and it just in the end, you do it.
0: And, you know, since you started out um, a while back, you've been through many shifts in the gaming industry. Have any of these even phased you? Have you even tried to embrace any of them or does it even matter?
1: It is terrifying how out of touch I am with the game industry. It it moves so quickly, uh, like Farmville. Farmville didn't exist two years ago, and now it's taken over the world. It's it, it, I'm I'm old and crusty, and it's hard to it's hard to, to comprehend the the one thing that I've really grabbed onto is like is portals, which I write old school gamer games, so they don't do as well on the portals as they could. But I'm working hard on shifting my games in a way that they appeal to the old school gamers, but still there's something that can do well on portals.
0: So are you looking into casual RPGs, or do you still want to do the storylines that you're focused on now? Um.
1: My games get casualer. There's always going to be a certain hardcore element to them because that's what I do. And I think the success of Dragon Age has proved that, you know, a hardcore game really can sell. But I'm trying to make them more casual-friendly, where to to remove unnecessary complexity and confusing bits and weirdness so that, you know, ordinary people can... So that it's not just hardcores only. So that ordinary people can sit down and comprehend it and have a good time.
0: So you're obsessed with RPGs, RPG design. Can you talk about then, you know, how that obsession manifests itself in your games? How are you, what are some of the things that you address that you know, to make sure that it's the perfect RPG or an RPG you're proud of when you release one every year? For my,
1: for Spiderweb Software games, I think the most important element of a role-playing game is role-playing. I think that my design trademark is I want the player to be able to make choices and have those choices have a real fundamental effect on the world you're playing in and the ending. I think that, as much as anything, is what I look for when I sit down to design a new game. And I think that that is one thing that the RPG genre offers, that's really cool.
0: And, you know, how do you go about doing that effectively? Because that seems like it would be a lot of work to make sure that any change or any modification that a player does in the world actually affects the final.
1: Well, there 's i 'm only one person, and there 's always limits in the end there 's only going to be a certain finite number of concrete choices you can make but I, so in that case, the object is to make the choices interesting. You know you sit down first and you come up with a good work of fiction and then you turn it into a game, and you look for those sort of those turning points, those crisis points in the storyline you create and find ways that the player can make a choice and That's an interesting choice, an interesting decision that has interesting effects on the world. And that is, more than anything else, the trademark, the thing I want to put in my games.
0: And as you're designing this, are you getting feedback from anyone else while it's kind of in this private beta, private...
1: Um, I have a lot of beta testers. They're volunteer beta testers, very hardworking, very good people, and they give me a lot of feedback. But by the time, by the time anyone sees it, really, the story is made. So there's a certain leap of faith element where I just I make up the story and I'm kind of stuck with it, and I just have to hope it's a good story. And it's, it's fortunately for me, it's always been good so far.
0: Okay. Let's talk about this story. So do you just write out then all the backstory, everything else about this, or how are you developing the story? How long does it take for you? about this story
1: um, it 's all written out I write I got paper and pencil and before even I write one line of code I write and write and write and write and write about the story about the characters about the history of the world and I think this is a standard thing you know every every serious game makes a design document that where you really want to know where you 're going before you start before you start setting down the code and um, once 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 that's in place and, and that takes and that takes months ideally, I start thinking about it months and months before code get code um, starts being laid down just because I need time to come up with good ideas.
0: And so what's what's next in store for you um, in terms of your community, in terms of your RPGs, um, in terms of maybe experimenting with other variations in RPGs? Well,
1: our next game is going to be called Avedon the Black Fortress. And it's an all-new storyline, all-new engine. It's low-budget, like all of our games, but it looks nicer than, than anything we've done before. And it's got a very intricate storyline, a lot of interesting choices, a lot of cool stuff that happens, a lot of opportunity to be good or to be evil. And and um, we just were going to work really hard on marketing something that's not always we've not always had a knack for, and just you know spreading it out to the world and uh, giving people a cool new RPG to play.
0: And in terms of marketing, what are you going to do differently now compared to before?
1: Uh, we're really trying to make this game more ca- more casual friendly. It's still you know it's still a hardcore RPG, but it's but with but with an accessibility to it. Um, and so we want to try to get it. Ideally, we'll get it on portals like Steam and give and, and just give it a, a wide audience and give people a chance to just check it out.
0: And where can people find out more information about the games that you've made already?
1: The best place to look would be spiderwebsoftware.com. It's um, our most popular series are the Avernum series and the Gene Forge series, which are both um, old school RPGs with a lot of innovative elements. Um, they've been very popular. They've gone on for a while, and um, download the demos are big and they're free. We have big demos and they're free, so you know take take a look. It's uh, if you like if you like RPGs, especially with a bit of retro style to him. I think he might be happy.
0: Thank you very much.